are listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Tiny, how you doing? What's going on, John? How you doing today? I'm all right. I actually, if I missed the opening there, I was reading this article. Uh, hey, you know what? I can fix that in post. Okay. Don't even worry about That's it. Right. You, I, I'm a warts and all type of guy. <laughs> yeah. I say we just leave it for everybody to know. I mean, as good looking as we are, we shouldn't <laughs> put forth the uh, image. Uh, project the image that we do everything perfectly you know right we'll just have people jealous and haters will come around but <laughs> haters gonna hate yeah in yeah. the words of l3w is, is that that song? Uh, yeah that's right you, you remember we had a story about, about that yeah. yes yeah <laughs> yes so here we are episode 21 of uh earth oddity podcast finally legal to buy alcohol <laughs> uh firearms and uh is there anything else you can do when you're 21 i don't know but you can buy an assault rifle when you're 18 oh so. you can oh that's right yeah because they were wanting to change the laws thing. in 21 yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i don't know all my guns are hand-me-downs so <laughs> i've had them my whole life so. <laughs> from like the 1920s that's right. during prohibition yes yes <laughs> yes we do have a pistol that is like that but Used by I mean, Babyface Nelson. In case, like, any, you know, government. I mean, there, hypothetically, I have a, a pistol. I'm not trying to get put on a list or nothing, you know. So when <laughs> Zom- they come zombie to, outbreak. Well, when, they, when they come around to confiscate them, you know, I'm going to say I don't have any. So <laughs> Boating accident? Yeah, right. They all are in the bottom of a lake somewhere. <laughs> so, man, I, I hate that it happened. So congratulations. I don't have my great-great-grandfather's <laughs> 1911 anymore. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you got any good stories today? Man, I've got uh, Doctor Strange. He, for real, in real life, saved a dude. Oh, yeah? From, like, gang, from, like, these gang, uh Did his cape help him? <laughs> I think he used that or crazy circle magic to, okay, yeah. you know, yes. trapped him in the mirror dimension. Uh, well, I have something that's not really a superhero, but a Florida teacher uh, drowned a raccoon in front of his students, so... <laughs> <laughs> was it the same one that fed a puppy to a snapping no, turtle? No, no, and that's what we were discussing. I thought it may be the same. I couldn't remember all the uh, details, but I know we had had a teacher killing an animal in front of students before, so <laughs> right. apparently it's quite popular. None of my teachers did that. Who says so. public education is failing? Is failing, yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you get a good quality raccoon drowning every once in a while. I mean, that builds character. Yeah. Yeah. Millie. They made us in second grade watch the movie Old Yeller. Have you ever seen Old Yeller? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. We watched it in second grade in school. Are you talking about, like, emotional scars? <laughs> I mean, that was, like, the worst. So, yeah. uh, I, I'm still amazed that they would make us watch that movie. I feel like that movie had a great effect on me today because yeah. nowadays I'm like, when an animal is sick, that's what you do. You just shoot it, <laughs> right? You just got to shoot it. Put it down. Yeah. That's right. But, I mean... People were crying in class, and ah, oh, I need to make my kids watch it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should. I definitely need to. Maybe we'll do that this afternoon. I remember my son. Please don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> he watched. He watched Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And I remember uh, my son coming to me. He's like, "Did he really just kill all those little kids?" Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like. Well, it didn't show it, son. <laughs> First of all, movies are make-believe. Yeah. Yeah. Hudson was a little... Uh, Hudson's like 10. He was a little upset after the uh, Infinity Wars thing when everybody 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if they Spoiler die. Spoiler alert. Well, I don't care. I'll ruin every movie you've ever wanted to watch. I don't care. I don't care. I don't give spoiler. You know, I don't give a notice. I'm ruining every movie you ever watch. If you get that out of shape over, been out of shape over a movie, you don't have real problems in your life. That's yeah. all I'll say. But yeah, when everybody in the end, I don't know if they died or whatever happened they, to them, they faded away. Faded away. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it kind of upset him too that night. He was really bummed out, and I was like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "Spider Man's cold," you know. I'm like, oh, that's dude, it's well, a movie. To Hudson, Black Panther's not going to stay gone. No, okay, no, they made too he much money. Made way money. too much money. <laughs> that's right. So he will be yeah, back. He'll be back. I promise you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the movie because I don't know enough about. I had to during that movie lean over several times and be like, "Who's that, Hudson?" Because I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm not a uh, a comic guy or anything like that. Y'all should that. have invited me to come along because I've you seen every single Marvel film. I enjoyed it. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. I was like, "Who's that guy?" You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's that girl got antennas coming out of her head for? <laughs> That's you know? Mantis. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> She's an empath. Yeah, I didn't know that, but <laughs> I found out her name. So. Yeah. I don't know how we got all off on that. We went from drowning raccoons to Old Yeller to <laughs> Infinity Wars. So, um, well, anyway, you want to <laughs> kick things off? Sure, let's hit up. I, I'll, I'll start out with uh, the Florida teacher who drowned a raccoon in front of his student. Perfect. There's video of this out there if you want to watch it. I'm not big on watching things die. I'm just not a, I mean, like real life things die. I'm right. A, I'm a, I'm a happy type person. But if you're one of those people who likes that, you can find it on the internet. Uh, this comes out of Ocala, Florida, where all weird things happen in the state of Florida. A Florida agricultural science teacher accused of drowning two raccoons and an opossum and a possum, opossum. We just call them possums. <laughs> right. I know that's not technically correct, but anyways, he drowned two raccoons and a possum in front of students. Won't face criminal charges because investigators say the killings weren't cruel or inhumane. The Ocala Star Banner reports that Assistant State Attorney Toby Hunt determined Dewey Bruton. Now that's a that's an ag <laughs> teacher Bruton. for you, yeah. <laughs> Dewey Bruton didn't intend to torture or torment the nuisance animals. Bruton was removed from the classroom and later retired after videos of the animals being drowned were posted on social media. Investigators say he told them that he was suspected that he suspected the animals were killing chickens in his class uh, that his class was raising. Right. Once trapped, he said he couldn't shoot them because guns aren't allowed on school property (laughs) and bludgeoning them would be too cruel. Uh, (laughs) Hunt noted, He's like, hmm, I gotta kill these animals somehow. Right. Uh, Hunt noted, uh, Hunt, who was the assistant attorney general or whatever, um, noted that a jury recently acquitted a man charged with animal cruelty after using rusty scissors to cut off the tails of four kittens. That's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> I would say that's cruel. But uh, Dewey here, Mr. Dewey, Mr. Bruton. <laughs> Mr. Dewey Bruton. He's getting off scot-free because he drowned the animals, you know. Um, Which I guess makes sense. I don't know, you know, I'm sure he had live traps to catch them in. Uh, You know, those cage trap things, you've probably seen them. I guess you put them in the trunk of your car and you take them home and you do it at home that's what i was thinking just stick or them at the, the very least the you tell all the kids okay i need everybody's cell phone in this basket right. this is what we're doing right here everybody we're gonna put the everybody's cell phone goes in the basket and then i'm gonna stick these things in a tub of water till they quit moving and if you want to sit out in the hall right then have at it now raccoons are not 
they're not docile animals. No, they're mean. They are very mean. I know they're cute, but they are very mean. So they will come at you with the purpose of infecting you with rabies. Many usually, if you see a raccoon in the day, they say it's got rabies. You Mm -hmm. know, go ahead and put it down because they're nocturnal animals. And if it's out roaming around in the day, something's wrong with it. Right. But many years ago, we all know Rocket Raccoon. Right. Turns out most raccoons in real life kind of act the same way, (laughs) have that same attitude towards people. (laughs) Many years ago on the farm, uh, we were working in the shop, you know, fixing equipment or whatever. And a raccoon came breezing through the shop like, well, nothing wrong. And Mm -hmm. it went back in this little back room. It was my cousin's like woodworking workshop. And a guy who worked for us, his name was Andy. Uh, Andy was pretty rough old boy. Decided he wanted to catch this raccoon to teach his dogs how to coon hunt. You know, <laughs> right. Help them learn how to coon hunt. Big coon so hunt. So I'm guessing he was going to let him smell him and then set him loose and well, tell his dogs to chase yeah, him. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will coon say. Coon hunting is a big thing in the South in case coon, anyone isn't aware. All right. Just a brief aside about coon hunting. If you can't enjoy. <laughs> Loading up firearms <laughs> and going out in the pitch black dark with some headlamps. With and, your best canine friends. Yeah, your, your best dogs. dog friends. And usually moonshine involved. Uh, I mean, just the threat of you getting shot yourself <laughs> by someone you're with should be enough to make that like a, an extreme sport. That should be an X game sport. I'll just say that. So he went back to catch this raccoon barehanded. Well, he put on some big welding gloves. Right. And he wrestled around with that thing for a long time before he got it in a bucket. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he scratched up a little bit. And I don't think he ever went to the, see if he had any rabies. <laughs> he or, probably should have done that. He's, he was a man that didn't concern himself with rabies. You know, he right. was. He didn't believe in disease because he couldn't see it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, he was the type of fellow that would uh, light a cigarette and stick it into where his missing tooth was in the front, and that would be like a cigarette holder while he worked. While, while he's filling his tank with gas. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, he didn't even worry about that. But so like, while he was like changing a sun gear on a cotton picker or whatever, right. he didn't have to fool with taking his smoke out all the time. He just left it stuck right there. That was the kind of guy he was. Really an awesome dude. Very vicious, would find whatever you were insecure about about and make fun of it to the point that you want to cry in the car on the way home at the end of the day but really a great guy other than that yeah. yeah he made me help make me into the man i am today which is which uh, is guy. why things don't bother you right anymore. yeah i buried yeah. i buried all my feelings deep down inside <laughs> and uh and i don't let anything ever affect me anymore so thank you andy dozier wherever you are yeah yeah and his brother gary wayne worked for us which i always thought gary wayne was a great southern name you know yeah he was a truck driver for so Gary Wayne Dozier. Anyways, don't be drowning raccoons if you're a teacher. Moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> don't drown raccoons if you're a teacher. Take them home, shoot them in the head or whatever. At the very least, take up your student cell phones before you do yeah. it. I mean, that's the smart thing to do. Let's not record ourselves doing anything we could get in trouble doing. All right. Well, next up, do we want to talk about this whole Roseanne thing? Sure. I, I mean, mean, it's big news. It is big news. Everyone's um, talking. Roseanne Barr, and I'm sure probably almost everybody has already heard of this, but uh, hopefully you were not 
into the new season of Roseanne because it has been canceled. Yeah, I hadn't watched it. I hadn't either. I, I had not even, seen episode one. I wasn't even a big fan of when it came out a long time ago. I think I, I watched it occasionally because it came on at 5 yeah. o'clock and I wasn't in school. Yeah. And that's what was on TV. Oh, my mom and dad wouldn't let me watch any trash <laughs> or cussing like that on TV. You oh, know? man, my mom let me watch whatever. <laughs> she did not care. <laughs> oh, we, we had I, my parents. They weren't like overly protective, but... We only had one TV, mm-hmm. so usually if we were all at home at the same time, we were watching Braves baseball or Andy Griffith because that's what Dad wanted to watch. Dude, Andy Griffith was a good show. Great show. Great I was show. allowed. Still I was, funny today. I was allowed to watch all kinds of mess yeah. I shouldn't have been watching, but I still watched Andy Griffith just because it was a great it's, show. It's so funny. It's I mean, great. it's like brilliantly funny. Every episode is great. And yep. some of them will tug at your heartstrings, make you tear <laughs> up a little bit. I, I make you wish for a simpler time. That's right. Yeah, I want to sit on the porch and peel an apple and try not to break the the skin of it that's the episode by the way (laughs) anyway the show's been canceled after she made a uh a horrible joke on twitter yeah i didn't even think it was that funny no you know you know if she had made a funny joke right and everybody had thought it was hilarious i feel like people may have given her more slack yeah but i mean it's hard to make a funny racist joke (laughs) (laughs) it's really you gotta be like Dave Chappelle to be able to do that. Right. You know? Just, you know. Roseanne's the wrong color to right. be making racist yeah. jokes. I mean, she's Jewish. So, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, like, people consider Jewish people like a, a minority, and sometimes they group them in with all us white folks, just normal, <laughs> mudded-up white folks like we are. So I, I don't know. I guess this is one of those times where she's thrown in with all the white folks. So Right. Yeah. But she tweeted out, and what's the... What's the lady's name? Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett. She's an Obama aide, or was. Yeah. And she made a tweet that she looked like uh, the combination, or she looked like the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. Right, yes. Which, I mean, that's horrible. No, and that's very horrible. Yeah, and that can't be tolerated. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Well, apparently... She had taken some sleeping pills. Yeah. I heard she woke up and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, I lost my job. <laughs> I mean, like that. That was another thing. ABC reacted so blazing oh, they fast. Came down with a swiftness. You know? Oh, my goodness. It was like all in one fell swoop. Yeah, right. It was done. Yes. You know? Well, you know, I mean, that's the way justice or discipline has to be swift. You know, <laughs> right. so you have to use that with your kids. So, yeah. Can't wait around. You got to do it right when the time is otherwise they're not going to learn their lesson so but i mean uh um, i do hate it for the other staff right you know, the other cast and crew who are now out of a job although yeah. there's been some talk that it may go on without her right yes that, Have you seen I, that? I read that last night okay. uh so i mean i don't know how a show wrote without your number one <laughs> character you know who is named after is not on there works but they'll probably make it work and people will probably watch. Maybe like season say, two will be called Darlene. <laughs> Maybe so. Or like, what was her sister's name? Becky? Was Something. it Becky? I don't know. Yeah. Again, I haven't I watched know. this show. I'm not a Roseanne guy. I love John Goodman. I yeah. Think he's great. I like him. He's funny. Mainly because of the big Lebowski. But um, he's good in other stuff, <laughs> Dude, too. Dude, he was, he was crazy in that, that movie. I love that movie. I, I've... I love that movie. Don't watch it with your kids. No, that's not a family-friendly movie. My mom would not let me watch that <laughs> if I was alone. But I watched that. It came out when she I was in She wouldn't let college. you watch it now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, she, she came home and watched it. it. She'd be like, John, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Language. Language. Oh, did you hear what they said? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, uh, I like John Goodman. But, I, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work without her. Now, 
there was some more controversy um, with uh, what's her name Samantha B. Samantha B. The next day, yeah, kind of came out and said some stuff that what I would think most people would consider an inappropriate descriptive term right. uh, for Ivanka Trump, and uh, and she still got her show now. Right. I was part of a discussion on. Are, are those two events equal or whatever? Um, mm-hmm. And well, no, because one was said by a conservative, right? Yeah, I think lady with conservative leanings, and the other one was said with a lady, well, by say, lady with liberal leanings. I really like this term. I don't necessarily agree with it, but someone in the discussion used it and said, "Well, Samantha V has uh, Samantha B has liberal privilege, and so <laughs> <laughs> she's allowed to stay on TV." Yeah, you know. But I don't know, like, if you're a conservative, if this is you know the hill you want to die on is the roseanne saying racist stuff hill you know yeah. there's probably other battles you need to pick you know i wouldn't want to tie myself like the babylon b said that was a great was beautiful article. And what was it again it was you know roseanne Barr. she blamed ambien ambien for yeah. which also let me say this yeah. ambien had a great they response did. Too. they did really did this? yes i got it right here it says uh hold on da 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 Sanofil, the maker of Ambien, debunked the notion that the drug leads to racist tweets. They tweeted out, while all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, the company wrote, racism is not a known side effect of any Sanofil medication. (laughs) Which is crazy. There's a lot of stories about people doing crazy stuff on Ambien. Like, you know, I mean, going and driving their car down the interstate, you know, running over stuff or whatever. But, yeah, I don't think it, I mean, it probably just exacerbates your racism. Which you've got there already. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you might could get up and sleepwalk around and, you know, right. go out in your yard in your underwear and start singing or something. But, but the Babylon Bee, they had a yeah, great yeah. article where they said conservatives I'll, blame Ambien for holding up Roseanne Barr yeah. as a pillar of conservative values. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing. On both sides of the aisle, like, uh, of the debate, you don't want to – I wouldn't want to latch on. Let's latch on more to ideals. And, right. You know things that our party is for instead of individuals because mm-hmm. you know one thing we know the bible tells us and everything every man has fault you know right man or woman you know and nobody's perfect and the moment you latch on to like at some point kanye's gonna do something you know like all these middle-aged white people are suddenly huge <laughs> kanye fans as he yeah. came out and said some positive stuff about trump right and at some point he's gonna do something crazy and you're going to look like an idiot because you were all well, in the he, Kanye he camp. He has in the past. Right. Yes. And history has a way of repeating itself. It does. It does. <laughs> now, of course, like you sent me, his wife was at the White House meeting with Trump. You know? Yeah. The, what it was, the Rump and Trump <laughs> Summit or something like that. Yes. About prison reform. So, which is which great. I, I don't know if you looked into that. Um, I don't remember the name of the lady. You want me to look it up real quick? Hold on. You're talking about. Uh, Kardashian, the late. I mean, she's she's advocating for prison reform, but it's a right. specific woman that oh, she's yeah? trying to help out. Oh, she's trying to get somebody <laughs> pardoned or whatever. Right. Okay. And I mean, she's talking about prison reform in general. Yeah. But there is a, no. I, I didn't even read anything because I just assumed on. it was your standard. Let's you know. Because I've heard the lady that she's trying to help out is actually incarcerated in Aliceville. Oh. Okay. At the, at at the, the women's, women's prison. Prison. Yeah. So. Which is where all the single guys in West Alabama hang out. <laughs> by the way, just, <laughs> just head on down to Aliceville and pick you up a lady when she gets released. You know. So anyway, the lady that she's advocating for is a woman by the name of Alice Marie Johnson yeah. who was uh, 
handed down a life sentence for cocaine possession, if I'm not for, mistaken. What? A life sentence? <laughs> yes. Like, how much did she have? That would be, <laughs> you know, like, is it like a gram or two, or does she have like a kilo or two? She's 62 years old, and wow. she has been in prison for 21 years, convicted wow. of drug conspiracy and money laundering in 1997. Hmm. I, I will say, man, mandatory minimum sentences are are uh, not always the best thing. Right. And they've really... Although I do wish we could slap some of those on pedos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I totally, I totally agree with that. A mandatory sentence of life. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You mess with a kid, you're in jail for forever. Yeah, I will say they've contributed to a lot of our overcrowding, you know, problems in prison, uh, both mm-hmm. public and private prison. So now there's a whole theory that private prisons are really one of the big lobbies that want to keep that because that's how they make their money i don't necessarily know if that's true or not but i will say mandatory minimum uh, sentences cause things like this to happen right you know you got a 60 year old lady with one offense in jail for the rest of her life but i don't know like yeah. i say she could have been trafficking in an airplane full of cocaine and maybe she deserves it <laughs> or maybe she was just out at you know the club having a good time doing a little booger sugar and the cops <laughs> busted her and she's in jail for forever for having an eight ball i don't know again i'm not as knowledgeable as i should be yeah. but i don't think that was the case yeah um, i think that this is one of those cases where she was handed down a life sentence and some of these people who testified against her who were involved too got like lesser charges yeah. because they, they all pinned it on her they exact they uh, all okay ah uh, that's they that's, all made they all cut deals right that's partner let's go ahead trump <laughs> let's get it done i know he listens to us every week so i thought he uh, hated our show he does but he's come around <laughs> i think he's came around i don't know i hadn't seen any tweets about us in a while from us maybe maybe he'll get it fired up again <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, next, uh, you want to hit yeah. our next story? Uh, our next story, which is, uh, hmm, how can I put this, sensitive okay. in a way. Uh, you may want to, uh, um, well, I mean, it's just anatomy. We're just talking about anatomy here. Um, okay. A 26-year-old man got a six-inch shower head stuck in his rectum and had it removed. Chocolate rain. <laughs> Some stay dry and others feel the pain. Chocolate rain. <laughs> That's how you get chocolate rain. Yes. An unidentified man visited the, oh, this is a tough one, Ram Manohar Loya Hospital and Postgraduate Institute of Medical Education and Research in New Delhi. He required medical attention for a shower head stuck in his rectum. <laughs> the findings of the story were published May 26th in the journal BMJ. We report a case of a 26-year-old man with accidental insertion of a hand shower in the rectum and no <laughs> signs of any active, active bleed or perto... Ooh, I wish my wife was here because she knows all these medical terms. <laughs> peritonism. Peri- peritonism. Pretty sure that's actually what it says. Uh, the doctors wrote in the BMJ. The anonymous man said that he suffered a fall... <laughs> In the shower, which caused the shower head to get it stuck in his rectum. Is it wrong of me to just go ahead and say I'm suspicious? I, I mean, <laughs> what are how the odds that your fall and the angles to work out for that to happen? Uh, 
I mean, you're either the most unlucky guy in the world or you're telling a story, yeah. all right? Not to mention, you must have a huge butthole. Yeah, it just mean, slide right in like that. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the anonymous man said he suffered a fall in the shower, which caused the shower head to get stuck in his rectum. He reportedly had to detach the shower head from the wall <laughs> in order to go to the hospital. <laughs> he went to the hospital and looked like he had a tail. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, though the patient reported accidental insertion of the shower head and denied voluntary insertion, there is a high. <laughs> oh yeah, there is a high suspicion of voluntary insertion for autoerotic purposes. Doctor Piyush Kumar said, according to Lad Bible, uh, very astute. Yes, uh, the National Institute of Health recommends that bedside extraction should always be the first option in case this ever happens to any of our listeners. <laughs> Uh, bed satisfaction should always be the first option for removal of foreign objects in the romp. Uh, however, uh, there is periodontist. Uh, then it is suggested that an emergency laparotomy be performed. Uh, there's a reason I'm not a doctor. It's because I can't pronounce all these words. Luckily for the well, man. You know what? If I was a doctor and this got wheeled into my operating room, I'd be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, luckily for the man, Dr. Kumar has plenty of experiences uh, experience removing objects from the rectums of patients. Uh, extraction was done successfully in the operating room under general anesthesia with an uneventful post-procedure period, and the patient was discharged after 48 hours of observation. Did they go eat at White Castle afterwards? <laughs> But as Dr. Uh, Kumar pointed out, there is a high level of embarrassment and social stigma associated with these patients. Thus, they sometimes do not seek medical attention. And I agree with him there. <laughs> I mean, it'd be tough for me to have to go. I mean, like, who you call? Uh, hey, I need a ride. Hey, Tiny. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, bud. Uh, I need a ride to the emergency room. Uh, I, I fell in the shower. And I got the whole shower head stuck up my butt. <laughs> yeah. I'm need I a, would be like, you know, you could have just left off that last <laughs> part and said you need to ride to the hospital. Clean out your back seat. I'm going to need to lay down. You know? <laughs> I got a pickup truck. You <laughs> right. can just lay down. How do you get to bed? How do you get to bed? I'm not going to be able to sit, though. I'm not going to be able to sit on the ride over. Are you able to pull your pants up over it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you got to go. Bare butt, maybe put your boxer shorts on backwards and let it stick out the fly hole. <laughs> like a tail. That's right. Uh, doctor, no, no, man. This is like my this is my cosplay. <laughs> Look, dude, man, it, let me see. It's totally an accident, man. Totally an accident. I soaked up in the shower. Next thing I know, I fell and it went right up my rump, you know? I like to think when they when they removed it, like the doctor and he got like you know, three nurses and they all grabbed the end of it and they were all pulling. Got a foot on his back. You know? <laughs> oh, that thing's really stuck up in there. I will say this. What, what'd you say? How'd you do this again? <laughs> yeah. I failed. I failed in the shower. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, this old sun gun right here, he ain't going to have to get his uh, colonoscopy anytime soon. He's probably got cleaned out pretty well with the shower head up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rinsed out, nice and fresh. I hope. I hope when he left, <laughs> as he's walking out the door, he's like, "Wait a minute, where'd I put my keys?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be like, uh, "Hey man, uh, you know, in your like post 
operation visit if you're the doctor you're like look man uh well we want you to hold off for probably about six weeks on putting stuff up your butt okay because uh, <laughs> you got some damage we'll let everything heal up and he's all like i said i failed yeah <laughs> like yeah no i know like, i was like okay well you need to wait six <laughs> weeks before falling yeah. again okay yeah, let's not fall on anything right directly <laughs> on your butthole yeah <laughs> let's don't do that anymore for for a while we need to let everything heal up you know it won't cause any permanent damage I have a good friend who uh, his wife works at the hospital, and he he told us he says that it happens like oh, yeah. once a week somebody's sure. in there with something stuck I'm sure. there. I'm sure. <laughs> you know? I mean, there are weirdos <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I don't know if you're into putting up stuff there, that's cool, but uh, you just might want to be careful. I'm just saying, uh, whatever you want to do. The doctor said there's a high uh, level of embarrassment and social stigma, like I said. And he also said that most patients are men in their 30s or 40s. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, another challenge is that patients uh, is that many patients show no signs or symptom, symptoms. And if there are signs, they usually include fever, abdominal pain, and bleeding. So, I mean, like, I'm wondering for most of these people, if they get something up there and they're like, oh, I lost it. But they're like, well, you know, I don't feel too bad right now. And then a week later, they're bleeding out the booty. And then they got to go to the doctor after it's gotten worse. You know, they're like, well, it'll it'll come on out in the wash or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. But just be careful in the shower, people. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, that can happen. I don't have a handheld shower thing, so if I fall, if, if you ever hear of me having a shower head stuck up my rump, I had to <laughs> you do were some, attacked. Yeah, I had, to, I had to do some acrobatics to get up there because it's still on the wall, so <laughs> it's up above my head. Okay, after that story, I gotta go take a break. <laughs> let's go. So. Let's, let's just hang out for a second. Here. <laughs> right. Calm down a bit. Uh, all right. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? 
Yeah, I have actually. Are you familiar with with hoarding? Oh yeah, yeah. You I have any family? I don't. Not that I know of. I have a tendency to hoard, mm-hmm. but I'm not like gross about it. Right. I just have trouble throwing stuff away. <laughs> yeah. My wife doesn't have any trouble throwing <laughs> stuff away, so we normally I don't get to hoard. So mm-hmm. now maybe if I was myself, you know, by myself, I might. So. Well, have you ever wondered if there's like a dead body amongst all that stuff? <laughs> I mean, I haven't, but I could see how that could happen. Our next article is mummified body found in hoarder's home a year after his death. Wow. This wow. is kind of creepy. Check yeah. this out. This comes from Australia. Australian police were shocked on Tuesday to discover a mummified body inside the home of a man who died last year. Cleaning crews were on the scene of a house in Greenwich, a suburb of Sydney, that belonged to Bruce Roberts, who died in 2017. The Australian Broadcasting Corp. reported the crew discovered the body rolled in a carpet and police were investigating whether Roberts hid the body before his death. Police said the body was in the home for a considerable time and they were treating the death as suspicious. Investigators were working to identify the body, and a post-mortem was being conducted to determine the cause of death. Robert's neighbors, Bob and Gail Meager, told Nine News Australia that the man was a hoarder and a recluse. He was paranoid about security around his home. He had barbed wire. She said Roberts did not take care of his home, and she never saw an open window or an open door from his residence. When he died, I was really upset, that I, and I was worried that we were next door and if we could have done something to help him, but the home was not a very healthy environment, so there was nothing we could have done. Another neighbor described Roberts as a really solitary guy. He wore the same thing all the time, and he just walked up and down the road. He lived alone and was really routine. Uh, he was in his late 50s or 60s. And he had the same brown jacket on, and he was childlike in a way. He just had no inspections, I- expressions, nothing. Mm. You would say hello, and he would just either mutter hello, or he would just keep on walking, not say anything. Yeah, just your standard hermit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And he lived in this tiny house on the corner, and it's completely overgrown, and there's rubbish in his garden, and uh, there's old tires laying around. Of course. And you got to have old tires. That's he, a that's our standard hoarder <laughs> move. Yes. The workman who had been clearing the home said that they had found a body under a rug in the back room. Hmm. It's sad, especially when you don't know how it happened. So, so theories, how did this happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> Is this maybe somebody who came to visit him and got lost <laughs> amongst all this stuff? Or maybe he's just a killer, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know? Maybe he's like he's killing people and hiding them and doing stuff with them or whatever. I don't know. But that's crazy. I mean, it's very crazy. Because you know all the neighborhood kids are walking by that house, and that's right. where old man oh, yeah. Roberts lives. Yep. Old man Roberts. He'll kill you if you get in his yard. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, And now there was a body it's in there. haunted. A that mummified is, body, yeah. by the way. Right. That house is haunted now. Yeah. So, wow. That's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. I've seen some crazy hoarders episodes, but no... <laughs> never sound, no, never uh, somebody with a body yeah, in there. Yeah, no dead bodies. I did see one of the people had rabbits in their walls. So apparently they had gotten, you know, they this people had pet rabbits or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, rabbits rabbits will breed on you. Right. They'll have some babies. And so... Uh, <laughs> they were living in the walls? Yeah. They would, like, they would run up and down the wall. They had to, like... Like that movie, The People Under the Stairs? <laughs> kind of like <laughs> with that. With rabbits. With the rabbits, yes. 
And, uh, yeah, you'd just be sitting there, and there would be a hole in the wall. They'd gnawed in the wall. You know, rabbits, are they'll gnaw on stuff, and uh, there'd be a rabbit pop out, you know, a little man. bunny rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, we'd be eating rabbit stew every night <laughs> if I lived here. Yeah. It's pretty good stuff if you hadn't had it, by the way. But, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a dead, maybe he collected mummies. Maybe that's what it comes down to. Yeah, this is a mummy collector. Yeah, we'll have to stay glued to this story and find out yeah. if any more information comes out. Right. If this was, you know, who this was first right. of all. Yeah, and how long they've been there. Yeah, we need to find out who it is. I feel like that's priority number one. Right. Yeah, there's somebody on a missing persons list somewhere. Yeah. Gotta be, so unless he, you know, I don't unless know. it was like his mom and he never told anybody. Oh yeah, like a psycho type weird Man. situation. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't either. It's kind of crazy. <sighs> but not as crazy as our next story. <laughs> Hold on one second. Oh, we got more details? No, no more details. I would just like to point out down here in the comments, somebody's uh, asking how much that rug is. <laughs> <laughs> so, almost as creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm tell you wondering that. if they can buy that rug and how much it costs. <laughs> what kind of price you got on that rug over there? <laughs> what you give me? I need to get it clean, so you're gonna have to cut me a deal on it. <laughs> oh man! So our next uh, story here: uh, Tiny and I are both professed Christians. We mm-hmm. we love Jesus. We love everybody. You mm-hmm. know, um, uh, we what we want to do is starting right now is we want to start uh we need a private jet in order to do this <laughs> podcast yes uh we're gonna need about 54 million dollars for it and uh if you love jesus like we do then just mail us a check you know our air quotes here ministry yeah yeah our so we podcast need to, ministry. We take our podcast ministry out into the world and, which i feel like a lot of people a lot of my fellow brothers and sisters in christ they kind of like to you know, tag ministry on oh, whatever everything. it is they like yeah. to do. Right, yeah. No, we you got know, a Friday. They like to play video games. They right. have an Xbox ministry. Exactly, yes. No, that's exactly whatever hobby you got is, yes. uh, is now your ministry. Oh, I know. I've seen it before. I've seen it before. Yes. Uh, but this is really, seriously, we don't need a private. I mean, we would love a private jet. If, if anybody anyone has a private jet that would like one. to gift us, yes. right. we're probably going to sell it and get a laptop yeah right but, <laughs> yeah and a studio and, and an office space what if we recorded in the jet we just never flew Dude. it anywhere we just like parked it in our backyard <laughs> and we just went out there that was our studio <laughs> man <laughs> flying high like a g6 <laughs> <laughs> so uh a televangelist wants his followers to pay for a 54 million dollar private jet and it's his fourth plane <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, this is uh, from the Washington Post, and it start, the article starts off with this. I'm sure that other plane is old. That's an old oh, jet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if Jesus were to descend from heaven and physically set foot on 21st century earth, prosperity gospel televangelist Jesse Duplantis told his followers, the Redeemer would probably take a pass on riding, take a pass on riding on the back of a donkey. <laughs> Oh, gosh. He'd be on an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. Then it's probably right. You know what? I have a feeling if Jesus was to 
you know, come back into yeah. 21st century Earth or whatever. He could just be wherever he wanted right. to be instantly. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, I think the Bible's pretty clear. Jesus would fly coach, you know, <laughs> he hung out with commoners, you know, he, he would be flying in coach with all of us other people, you know, <laughs> and ministering to all of us. And yeah. You know, maybe shutting that baby up that cries all the way from here to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Duplantis thinks the light of the world wouldn't exactly settle uh, for 30 inches of leg room or getting patted down by TSA. Uh, why would he choose anything less than the Falcon 7X, a private jet that nears the sound barrier, but also has noise-limiting acoustic technology, a Bluetooth-enabled entertainment center, and an optional in-flight shower. Better Wait. Be, you don't hit any turbulence on there, Duplantis. So you get a shower head stuck up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Duplantis says he needs about $54 million, just, I mean, only $54 million, to help it's him a rough estimate. efficiently spread the gospel to as many people as possible. He asked the Lord and hundreds of thousands of hopefully deep-pocketed followers across the world for just such a plane. He's the latest aircraft-seeking preacher to draw raised eyebrows and outright condemnation from critics who say asking for multi-million dollar luxury jet is not exactly what Jesus meant when he said, store yourself up treasures in heaven. (laughs) But this is not the first time Duplantis has been enmeshed in in the preacher private plane debate. The Mm -hmm. Falcon 7X will be his ministry's fourth jet, all paid for with cash drummed up from followers. And before anyone asks, he already has an answer for non-believers and critics who want to know exactly why his ministry requires a luxury jet that would make his fleet the same size as Donald Trump. (laughs) So this is what he says. We believe in God for a brand new Falcon 7X so we can go anywhere in the world one stop, he told people on this. That's why he needs this one. He doesn't. Right, yeah. I mean, it's one stop. Why don't stop. you sell the other three uh, to get this one? That's an excellent question. That is an excellent question. I mean, we are to be good stewards of the Lord's mm-hmm. money, right? Um, and uh, so, yeah, he wants to go anywhere. He says, now people say, can't you go with this one? He said, pointing to the picture of the plane he uses. Mm-hmm. If you see the picture here, he's just got he's got framed photos of his airplane. Oh, no wonder he wants a new plane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wouldn't fly on that either. <laughs> He said, "Yes, uh, but it can't. But it, but I can't go uh, one stop. And if I do it one stop, I can fly for a lot cheaper because I have my own fuel farm, <laughs> and that's what's been a blessing of the Lord." Um, he didn't immediately return calls to the Washington Post seeking comment. Um, he, he didn't specify which ministry furthering missions the plane would be used for, although he has indicated in the past that he has an extensive travel schedule. Duplantis is the founder of Jesse Duplantis Ministries, based out of uh, Destron, Louisiana, by the way. He's a good Southern boy. <laughs> Uh, which includes a weekly television program that reaches 106 million U.S. households, according to his Amazon author biography. He has a bit more reach than Earth Oddity. A <laughs> little bit more. A little bit more. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> it is his mission to reach every soul of the 7 billion people that now inhabit the Earth, making sure that each one has the opportunity to know the real Jesus. I, I would say I Yeah, agree. I'm with him there. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, he's approachable, passion, personable, compassionate, and full of the joy uh, that he knows Jesus. Um, 
anyways, he preaches prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not a big fan of, but I don't want to get too big. <laughs> I want to get off on too big of a tangent here, <laughs> yeah. uh, which says God shows favor by recording, rewarding the faithful with earthly riches, giving money to pastors and their ministries, uh, leaders say, is sort of an investment. Um I mean, that's so wrong. <laughs> I, mean, so, I have so such wrong. a problem with it. I don't know that I can move on beyond that. That's not exactly how it works. If you're listening to this, um, this dude's an idiot, okay? <laughs> I know we're not supposed to criticize fellow believers in public or whatever without going to them first. Jesus himself had no place to lay his head. Right. And he counted on right. you know people to take him in. Yes. When he was traveling, walk, you know, walking around, sharing the gospel. Well, well, who would you say is the greatest missionary of all time? I would say Paul. Yeah. Paul, right? Right. Paul did not have like the state-of-the-art travel modes for his day. <laughs> In fact, he was imprisoned and put on a ship right. and, uh, you know, basically on one of his mission trips. Uh, God told Paul that through your weak, weak weakness, yes. I, you know, you yeah. are made, I am made strong. Right, or, yes. You know. Yeah, and... And if you just look at the Gospels in a whole, they are filled with suffering and hardship. Right. And, uh, you know, that's part of that's part of the deal. You know, we're not promised an easy ride from no, the Lord. It's and, actually quite the opposite. Right. Now, he does say, uh, you know, if to test him with our tithe and mm-hmm. he will, you know, multiply us and things like that. But he doesn't say he's going to give us a private jet or also, and, that anything we're going to have our needs met. And. Uh, and that's really all you need in life is mm-hmm. your needs met. You don't need a lot of extra stuff that we as a society have fallen in, like cable TV. Hey, I don't necessarily need cable TV. Right. I've been blessed enough to afford cable TV, um, but I don't have to have it. You know, right. If i got food, water, and shelter, I'm good to go, and that's really all I need to take mm-hmm. the gospel out to the world that I'm in. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know about Jesse Duplantis and the other prosperity gospel people. It's, they bother me. Right really bad and i hate it when someone is you know gonna criticize how i spend my money or or what charities i give my money to that said i feel like 54 million dollars could be better spent right on something else like i don't know clean water let's build africa yeah yeah right let's build a couple of clinics in africa or india or somewhere to minister to the sick you know we don't need a jet for that right and if you want to take the gospel throughout the world which is a very admirable thing to do. You already have a television network. Let's get that thing worldwide, buddy. You know, maybe yeah. use that $54 million to get that into every home with the TV in the world. Mm-hmm. All right? That's an easy start, and you don't have to do any traveling. Right. You know? And then, uh, if after you fleece those people out of money, <laughs> then, buy, then buy your jet. After yeah. you fleece those people. <laughs> I mean... The the thing that bothers me the most about people like Jesse Duplantis and others is that it is easy for non-believers or people who are hostile towards the faith mm-hmm. to point at those people and go, this is what's wrong right. with the church. And yeah. I can't disagree with them. And I can't either. <laughs> right. And you they will, make an excellent point. Right. And there is a very, very vocal majority of Christians who are in the same camp that we are mm-hmm. that are appalled by them um, and do not like them. But every time something like this happens, uh, it's just more fuel on the fire for those who want to turn people away from the church. Right. And all the good that the church does. Mm-hmm. 
Now, and let's, I mean, this is a whole other issue. The dude's getting all this money tax-free, by the way, because it's his ministry. (laughs) All right? And I don't know. I feel like the tax-free status for church is a great thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you're going to bug tussle baptist in you know wayside alabama that allows them to right, do more to do with more what they have with what they have right and i think that's a great thing because they're doing things in their community to help their community with their whatever 70 members you know right. you don't have to go to a big church by the way that's mm-hmm. not what i'm saying some you're in a smaller community you're gonna have a smaller church mm-hmm. and they need that tax exempt status jesse duplantis does not need that tax exempt status at all and i don't know how you do that if you're the irs but i just wish we could revoke it and just be like man you need to pay taxes dude you got too much money coming in and that goes against anything that i feel of economically that the government should do i'm for less economic intrusion upon the government but i don't know what else i can do i would kick the dude in the nuts probably if i met him and that's not very Christian to now, me. Now, John, that's not called. That's uncalled for. That's not very Christian to me, but he deserves it. And I may not do it, but I would think about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he be- would probably have like a team of dudes hold oh, yeah. you down yeah. and start kicking you. <laughs> All right. He'd be like, for every kick in this young man's crotch, you you know, that's another 25 million the Lord's going to bless me with because he came against me or whatever. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Those guys, they bother me so much because not only the example they set to non-believers, but mm-hmm. because people who are seeking to come closer to God um, fall into their preaching. And a lot of them, mind you, are on bad times themselves. Sure, right. You yeah. know, struggling. They're just, right. They're just looking for a way out. Yeah. And and then you given, get, some, some of these guys are saying, hey, you know what? If you just send your last $5 to me, yeah, God's going to bless that and give you $1,000. Yeah, he's going to increase that. You know? Yeah. And that's not really how it works. No. Yeah. I mean, but if you don't know enough or you're desperate enough, mm-hmm. you're just grasping at straws. I could see how you could fall in with that. And the whole tickling your ears with, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything that's incredibly offensive because I don't want to hurt your feelings about whatever you're doing in your life. That bothers me too. Right. You know, because as probably the worst Christian on earth, (laughs) I will say I have a number of problems, one of which wanting to kiss, kick a televangelist in the nuts. <laughs> you want to you kiss yeah. a televangelist and then kick him? <laughs> yeah, I would kiss him and then kick him. Uh, and he would be like, with a kiss, you betrayed the <laughs> prosperity gospel. One of his bodyguards cuts off my ear. <laughs> which I like to remind people. The only reason Peter cut off that guy's ear is because he missed hitting him right square in the middle of the head. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, I mean, like, he wasn't we aiming. Don't, we don't know that. But he but wasn't aiming for sounds, his ear. It yeah. sounds more like I don't think he was too. aiming for his ear. He was trying to take the dude out. <laughs> if and, he was aiming for his ear, he's like an expert swordsman. <laughs> he is. He is. It may be, you know. I mean, we, we do project a very loving, kind picture of Jesus and the apostles. Mm-hmm. And they were. But they were also a bunch of dudes that traveled around on foot and probably got into all kinds of stuff that's not in the Bible. Right. You know, fishermen as well, you know. I, I don't know if you got any experience with fishermen. They're, they can be some pretty rough cobs. I don't there. know what Peter did, but when he first met Jesus, he told him to depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Yeah. We don't know what he's been doing. No, no. Yeah. I mean, there's some rough dudes. Yeah. I, I mean, in a way. But, uh, yeah, anyways, back to the $54 million jet. <laughs> no one... 
out of all of our listeners, number one podcast in New Zealand, send this dude any money at all. <laughs> all right. Don't. And to Mr. Jesse Duplantis, yeah. if you want to let us record in that old jet that you don't <laughs> like right. anymore. Yeah. If you're not using it anymore. <laughs> look, I mean, if you just let us have it, we will talk about Jesus on every <laughs> podcast from here on out. You know? Yeah. I mean, a segment. Which we do a lot anyway. We do, yeah. But we'll make a right. point of it. Yes, yeah. And you can just consider this, if you give us a gift... Oh, he's going to increase you. Jet. Yeah. He's going to help you get that Falcon right. jet. Yeah, right. And probably jets. You'll get a rocket after that. You know, because yeah. that's how God works. He's <laughs> right. just going to make it better and better for you. You'll take the gospel to Mars. We just require a gift yeah. of this uh of your jet one of your that old you don't jets. even use yeah. anymore. You got like you a G five sitting around one of those yeah, yeah. old things. Just yeah. let us have not it. even a G six. Yeah. No. A G5. Just a G five. We're looking like Creflo Dollar type <laughs> jet here. <laughs> we, we're not we're not trying to get into Olstein money here. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, anyways I've, I'm in fact sorry. that might be how you get that Falcon X yeah. plane is give us your old it's, one. That's I mean you know, now we still need you to pay for upkeep. Yeah, we we're going to need you to yeah. pay for a hangar down here at Northport Regional. Right. Yeah, it's not going to fit my uh, airport to yeah. keep it up. Yeah, we'll need we'll need a hangar. Um, probably someone that knows how to cut it on. You know, <laughs> pilot. Yeah. yeah, a pilot. I mean, take us where we need to go so we can share the gospel. The, yeah, the Earth Oddity World Tour, <laughs> in which we will share the gospel <laughs> yeah. around the world. If we're wanting to reach all seven billion people, you're gonna need some help, Jesse. <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. No, no, no. You need us, and we have a show. We already have an audience. And, yeah. I mean, let's let's get this thing going, buddy. Yeah, and we'll we'll be your podcast arm of the lord requires nothing of you but faithfulness faithfulness and a donation of an old private jet yes. yeah oh well, broke down you don't even yeah. like it no I mean, more. you don't even want it you can't even go around the world in one stop man I mean, come on yeah i think it worth nothing <laughs> no. man, it's just taking up space man you couldn't even get from here to hong kong yeah no <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're just, I mean, you know, you're slumming it up on that thing, Jesse. That's not how the Lord wants you to fly around the world. Oh, that's how the Lord wants us to fly. That's how he wants not me. You. I need to fly, not you. <laughs> not you at all. Golly. Oh, yeah. mercy. Anyways, Jesse Duplantis is a huckster and a charlatan, if you ask me. Um, and I would hope that he would change from his ways and actually preach the gospel around the world. And use the money that he has coming in to help those. To do some real good. Yeah, that are in need. Right. Or sick or poor and horrible living conditions. And use that money to reach those instead of getting another jet and flying around and doing. Doing another revival. Right. I mean, I mean, Billy Graham. I mean, he. (laughs) He flew all over the world. And, he flew coach. And I think he pretty much flew commercial airlines everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he probably brought the gospel to way more people than Jesse Duplantis has with his private jet. I also like to throw Kenneth Copeland in there, too. <laughs> all right? I left him out earlier. Don't yeah. like Kenneth Copeland either. All right? <laughs> and a majority of believers don't. I'm just going to say that. To anyone out there who is a non-believer. Every group has their nuts. Yes. You right. know? Our nuts just happen to ask for private jets, okay? (laughs) That's that's it, to, you know, pretend. And they live in huge homes, huge homes that are way bigger than anything anyone could ever need, especially someone who's trying to help other people. So, anyways, all right, off of my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Next story here. Do you remember the story of the 30-year-old millennial who was evicted by his parents? I do. His parents took I him do. to court to evict him. Yes, yes. He uh, he uh, had quite a little racket going there, apparently. <laughs> it, you know, he uh, his parents asked him to get out, and he wouldn't move. And then they told him to get out, and he wouldn't move. They offered him money yep. to get out, he wouldn't move. They took him to court. And his defense in court was like, hey, I'm trying to get visitation with my son, and I don't pay rent because my parents have never required me to pay rent. Right. Although, it sounds I'm to me like they probably did ask you at some point. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, he didn't do any chores around the house because that was not a – what was it? How did, he, how did he say that? Oh, don't It wasn't a requirement of his tenancy <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Marcus. he's he's got a little bit of help from none other than Alex Jones. Okay, Alex. Alex Jones. Always there to help the downtrodden. All people stepped oh. up and helped this dude move out of his parents' Always house. Always there to help the downtrodden. <laughs> you wow. know, I, I don't know Alex Jones' history, but I want I like to think that maybe he feels for the guy because maybe he used to live in his parents' maybe basement. So. Maybe so. <laughs> oh, Alex is uh, he's quite the character. Anyway. I wonder if he gave you some super male vitality. You know, he, like, advertises all those supplements and stuff, too. Oh, I listen to Alex Jones every once in a while. He's entertaining. He is. Very entertaining. He really is. The 30-year-old man whose eviction from his parents' suburban home drew national attention finally left Friday, hours before a court-ordered deadline, with financial help from right-wing radio host and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Okay, Alex. Michael Rotondo honked and waved to reporters as he pulled out of the driveway of his parents' split-level ranch in Calamus, New York, two and a half hours before the noon deadline set by a judge last week. He said his parents had said goodbye, quote, more or less, (laughs) and got in his rumbling station wagon running after uh, there were several false starts. He avoided TV crews, uh, staked out on the upstate New York road earlier. I'm guessing they just figured there's probably going to be a show. <laughs> <laughs> Friday morning by leaving from the back, but he returned around 930 in the passenger seat of a pickup truck. He loaded a cooler and garbage bags full of items into the truck and then dealt with a station wagon, which has a broken coolant system. <laughs> My truck has a broken coolant so, system as did well. Did it say what kind of station wagon it was? I zoned out there for a second. I bet you it's a 98 Subaru Outback. <laughs> it didn't say, but yeah, maybe. That's a 98 Subaru Outback. <laughs> he says, uh, Mark and Christina Rotondo brought the court case against their son after several eviction letters offering money and uh, others uh, offered to help him, and they were all ignored. They offered him $1,100 so you can find a place to stay, and, of course, he turned it all down. Uh, one of them said, there are jobs available, even for people with poor work history like you. Go get one. You've got to work. <laughs> well, Thanksgiving's going to be so awkward this year oh at their God. house. <laughs> you know, if I'm his parents and you don't want him in their house, don't let him in for Thanksgiving. Yeah. He might stay. Yeah, let's go down to Chinese buffet for this year. We're doing something different this year, son. <laughs> go lock himself in the back bedroom right. and not come I'm out. not coming out. <laughs> <laughs> A May 22nd court appearance drew national attention. He refused the judge's request to work things out directly with his parents. He failed to persuade the judge to grant him another six months to uh, move out of his parents' house. Six months to move out. (laughs) He uh, Get this, okay. He planned to spend next week in an Airbnb in Syracuse. 
He credited Jones, but uh, gave him a three thousand dollar check to cover rental and other costs. Oh, that's later, nice, Alex. <laughs> later, he plans on moving in with a distant cousin. The newspaper reported, "If you're oh, that distant cousin, yeah, buddy, lock your doors. Yeah. Do Whoa. do not let him in." <laughs> I would, yeah, word of warning, distant cousin. You're gonna have a guy squatting on your couch for a long time. <laughs> Says he recently appeared on Jones' Infowars show. I saw that. I didn't see the episode. But I, didn't I saw that he I need to got look to that go up. on. Yeah, I bet you that's pretty precious. <laughs> uh, Rotondo had he said that the eviction fight is connected with his efforts to get back visitation time with his eight-year-old son. He lost custody and unsupervised visitation with the boy in 2017. Oh. Uh, he said that he called police because he believed the boy's Legos were in the basement. And his father wouldn't let him look for them. Instead, the father offered to look for specific items, and if he found them, bring them out. The Legos were found after police arrived. Which (laughs) you're a police officer? I'm not 100 percent sure what's even happening there. That wasn't written clearly. Apparently, after he moved out, he was like, "Oh, my boy's Lego sets down in the basement." And Dad (laughs) was like, "Well, you ain't coming back in. I'm not falling for this. No, you ain't coming back in here." And so he had to call the police. Which, if you're a police officer trained to fight crime, (laughs) trained to stop, you know, uh, robbers and all that, and you got to go out on a Lego call, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you're like, "Goodness gracious, man! Can't y'all work this out like adults?" Just open a window and toss it out. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, go go get them, Dad, and leave them on the porch. I'll leave them on the porch for you, buddy. They'll be there tonight. You know, come back and get them. This isn't a game show, Rotondo said, explaining to the newspaper why he called police. I don't have to guess what's behind door number one. <laughs> Calls made to Mark and Christina Rotondo's home on Friday were not answered. So he's finally out of his parents' house, his yeah, his dad can now finally have that like you know study that he's been right. I mean, so it's bad. Or his mom is getting that walk-in oh, closet. Yeah, right. Yeah, say a little workout room or whatever else <laughs> yeah. they've been they've been thinking about. Podcast studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when mine get out, let's see, Thomas, he'll be thirteen next month. So we got about five years. He'll be eighteen. Kicking him out. All right. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep it up, five years of our. Uh, roaming studio that we have. Yeah. Unless Jesse comes through with that jet, we'll turn his room into our studio. Yeah. Just going to turn it over to the Lord. That's right. Give us up to the Lord. <laughs> we'll give it up to God. <laughs> He's going to increase us. <laughs> we must decrease so that he <laughs> must increase. But before that can happen, we have to increase so we can increase De- the greater. Right. Yeah, the more we increase, the more we can decrease, which in a net positive result. If of, we decrease now, we'll be nothing. That's right. Yeah, we want a, a net positive result for the Lord. So we're going to need a, yes. a, a palatial studio. But, I mean, for these people, uh, you got to kick this dude out when he's like 23. You know, right. you can't let it go to 30. And I guess he has some problems, went through a divorce or something, or he had this baby and he needed some help. And as a parent, you know, I would always do just about anything for my kid. Right. But if you're 30 years old living with me, I'm kicking you out. Unless you got some sort of mental problem. I don't know this family personally, and I'm not close to the situation other than what I've seen in <laughs> right. headlines and in the Earth Oddity Facebook group, by the way. Right. It seems to me like they felt like kicking him out was going to be the only thing they could do to spur him to move on with yeah, his life. Right. You know? I, and if that's the case, I really do think they're trying to 
do what's best for him. Based solely off of appearance for this young man, that's why I said 98 Subaru Outback. He looks like <laughs> a dude that would go on Grateful Dead tour and <laughs> sell burritos in the lot, take a lot of LSD, smoke a lot of pot, and then after tours over, he'll come home, live with mom and dad, you know, right. visit with his son or whatever. Then next tour rolls around, he's out on the road again and is out back. You know, this 98 Subaru Outback standard hippie car, if you didn't know. Right. Oh, yeah. This big one. Sticker it up with a bunch of dead stickers and you're good to go. <laughs> you want to move on to my last story here. Okay. For those who say education is broken, yeah. like uh, we got teachers drowning, raccoons, um, possums, um, feeding a puppy to a snapping turtle <laughs> yes this should be an encouraging story to all of us this comes from the miamiherald.com teacher texted friend about empowering women to become serial killers las vegas police say hmm. um, students looked on the on as las vegas police flooded into their physics classroom on may 16th the officers were there to arrest their teacher 48 year old leslie mcgordy I was shocked. A junior named Bernice Oglin told the Fox 5 in Vegas there were a bunch of police officers coming in her classroom to get her stuff and walk out. Police say the Bonanza High School teachers sent a series of disturbing text messages threatening, among other things, to poke a lot of holes in a lot of people at an upcoming concert that weekend. Which, I mean, if you're in Vegas, they've already had one shooting at a concert, yeah. you know, like October, a year or so ago. Uh, so, probably not the best thing to say. No. The texts were between McGurdy and a friend named James and referenced the 2017 Mandalay Bay mass shooting uh, in which Stephen Paddock killed 58 people. Um, likely be dead by Sunday morning, even forming a plan. People will remember me, McGordy allegedly wrote, according to a police a police report obtained by KMTV. The friend responded by asking the name of the guy who shot up the strip. Uh, Doesn't matter. I'm a woman. I will be remembered, she said. In the text, McGordy allegedly wrote that she might start a new movement, another Me Too movement, but this time it will, this time in which women will feel empowered enough to become serial killers. That sounds horrifying to me. Yeah, Why would you want to start that kind of movement? I don't know. Uh, she wrote about going to a concert for the metal band Life of Agony. Do you know? Are you familiar with Life I'm, of Agony? I'm, well, I've, I've heard of the I've heard the name, oh, but I, I have not heard any of their I stuff. Haven't. But they sound like a cheerful. Probably <laughs> sing a lot of happy songs <laughs> at the beauty bar in downtown Las Vegas. And she said Vegas would lose its luster after me, according to the station. Imagine knowing exactly the moment that you're going to die. I know exactly that your favorite song will be playing by your favorite band. It's too perfect, McCordy wrote. Uh, McGurdy. Uh, when the friend asked to what end other than to hurt people, McGordy allegedly responded by saying everyone would know they were right and that she was the crazy girl and that people could feel validated. The friend reported the messages to the police. Thank you, friend, by the yes, way. Thank I mean, you. Solid move on your part. And officers believe the texts were evidence enough to charge her with making terroristic threats, which is a felony, by the way. Right. Uh, it was at that point uh, we, re- we made the request for Clark County School District Police to immediately take Leslie into custody and to be removed from the classroom. McGurdy bailed out of jail the next morning, and the messages were taking and said the messages were taken out of context but gave no more information. 
Life of Agony canceled their show after hearing the news. Smart. Yeah. Uh, according, this is a band statement. Safety for our fans is always our number one priority. So once we were notified by law enforcement about the possible threat to the venue, we felt it was in everyone's best interest to cancel the show as a precaution. Um, and uh, let's see. Most students spoken to by local media were shocked by the allegations. Miss McGurdy is a pretty nice teacher, uh, said one student, and I would not expect at all to be expect that at all to be honest, said Xavier Miller, another student at Bonanza High School. It's a great high school name, by the way. <laughs> if that's not your fight song when the football team comes out, something is wrong. That's gotta be it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look that up later because it's gotta be your fight song. Uh, she was always pretty happy and energetic, but uh, I would never expect something like this, he told the station. McGurdy's mother spoke to the TV station and said her daughter came from law-abiding citizens who don't even own guns. The teacher was assigned to home by the school district after her release and has a court date later in June. This lady's got some problems up top. Yeah, even if you are just saying this is some kind of like... Sick joke. Joke. Yeah. Like you're trying to scare somebody or something. It's not funny. Don't yeah. do that. No, no. In today's you know, day and age, you right. can't you can't do that. Yeah. No. And I mean I'm all for freedom of speech. Me too. But along with that freedom think, comes responsibility. Yeah, when it gets to the point where you're actually making threats against people, I yeah. I feel like you need to take that serious. Yeah, if you you're know? just if you're being creepy and talking about shooting up a bunch of people at a concert, mm-hmm. then you deserve what you get. <laughs> and, and truth be told, I, I get that we probably all say things at times that if taking out of context can right. sound kind of bad I, or whatever. I In mean, fact, literally. I had this excellent idea for like a game show that we could do on the podcast where yeah. I take stuff that you say out of context and try to turn the whole internet against you. We could call it Everybody Hates John. Well, that's what I was saying. I just said moments ago that I would kick a grown man in the crotch. All right. Yeah, that's right. You know, so if you just clip that out and start pl- posting it to Jesse Duplantis boards and or whatever, the church website, then that may be some good publicity for us. Maybe we should do that. I, I kind of like this idea. With like a, we could make it like a meme. Yeah. Where we, right. we have your quote at the bottom and then you're like shining your shoes. Like getting ready. Yeah. I mean, that might be the best thing ever. And what if he like contacted us, you know, oh, with like a cease and desist letter or whatever. I would, I would be like jet first. Yeah. I'd challenge him to a debate on this podcast, you know, in like a, a duel of like you know, junk kicks. After That's that. right. Yes. Yes. Let's see who can take the most, buddy. Take three steps, turn and kick. <laughs> but yeah, but I didn't think I was going to kill the dude or anything. No, yeah. no, no, no. And I was really in jest. I wouldn't kick. I, I don't know. I might. But <laughs> <laughs> try and be honest here. I might. Those dudes get on my nerves really bad. Right. But, uh, now, violence is never the answer. I'll just say that. <laughs> right. That's not what we're called to do. No. No. I mean, he did say sell your cloak and buy a sword. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. John's like, I'll sell my cloak and buy a boot. <laughs> I get a steel-toed <laughs> pair of red wings. <laughs> okay, this is our last story, and this is precious. Snoop Dogg broke the Guinness World Record for the biggest gin and juice oh. like you knew he could. <laughs> Congratulations, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> this comes from time. 
After rapping about gin and juice for more than 20 years, Snoop Dogg took it upon himself to mix the largest paradise cocktail of all time over the weekend. (laughs) Okay. During an appearance at uh, Bottle Rock Napa Valley Music Festival alongside fellow rapper Warren G., and Top Chef Season 6 winner Michael Voltaggio on Saturday, Snoop broke the Guinness World Record for the biggest gin and juice by stirring up a drink that contained 180 bottles of gin. Oh, by the way, to our listening audience, this is the recipe right here if you want to make it. Yeah, for all our Methodist (laughs) listeners. (laughs) 180 bottles of gin, 154 bottles of apricot brandy, 38 jugs of orange juice, then the D-O-double-G topped the giant boozy beverage off with a massive drinking straw, a pink parasol, and a garnish of pineapple and melon on a sword. Man, I feel like I feel like we could beat this record, you know, if we weren't bad. Right, if we weren't bad, that's the only thing holding us. We'll back. have to make like the largest uh, root beer float, <laughs> the largest grape juice communion wine, the largest <laughs> snow cone. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the uh, the full cocktail weighed in at more than 132 gallons, which I didn't think gallons was a weight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know a gallon of water weighs 8 pounds, 8.8 pounds. What about a gallon of gin and juice? I don't know. I would think probably a little more. <laughs> anyway, according to Guinness, uh, this was the largest officially cementing Snoop's place in gin and juice history. I would love forever. to tear it down. I would love to tear it down. And then there's a picture of him up okay. on stage. I wonder what they did with it afterwards. Wouldn't you just serve it out to the That's crowd? That's what I would think. You just yeah. put a tap in the bottom of it, and and everybody come and get them a cup. Which yeah. I mean, I'm thinking if it's Snoop, he's he's not just passing this out to the no. crowd. He's selling this. True. Hey, yeah. You want you want world uh, some of the world record gin and juice yes. mixed by me personally? I mean, we could we could beat that so easy. Since they told us exactly what it has in it, <laughs> yeah. we just get one more just bottle go one, each. One more bottle yeah. of everything. <laughs> I would love to do it just to be like With rubbing a it in of his two face. Pineapples and two melons. <laughs> just to rub it in his face. Like, <laughs> take that, Snoop. I don't even drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, and pour then, it out and on then the when ground. We're done, we pour it out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Be like, Jesus this is, is bigger right. than your gin and juice. <laughs> we will not be a stumbling block. It's like dump it over. Yeah. Uh, virtue signaling at its finest that's right there. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I ain't trying to get kicked out of church or nothing. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, let's hit Cajun Curl, uh, our number one sponsor, our only sponsor, <laughs> because they're the only ones worthy of sponsorship so far out of the hundreds of companies we've been approached by. Uh, we've chosen Cajun Curl. I'm not getting those emails, John. Oh, yeah? No, it's every day I got them coming in. I just delete them out early. I mean, who wants Nike? Who wants Reebok? Who wants Apple? Yeah, I would like Apple. Okay, I uh, probably should have got back with them then. <laughs> probably shouldn't have. Probably should have rescued that one from the spam folder. That's right. But uh, Cajun Curl, CajunCurl dot com is the greatest spice known to man. Like I've said many times, I don't know anyone who has tried it that doesn't like it. Uh, our contest winners, yours is on the way to you. You should be getting it shortly. And uh, we, I put them in the mail. Actually, Brandon, who is uh, one mm-hmm. of the proprietors, told me some shipping tricks that I needed to do. Cool. So I used those. 
When and you get that, feel free to throw up a picture yeah, in the right. Facebook group right. or and I'll say on Instagram. Memorial Day, we had pork chops with it on there. It was great. I mean, I have yet to find anything that I don't like. I don't know if you all. saw the picture, but uh, I threw a picture up of some fork tender ribs. Yes, I made. yes, that I saw those. And, really good. And I didn't think about taking a picture of mine because I was so hungry. <laughs> but So I was like halfway done with it, and I was like, ah, I probably should have took a picture. But, yeah. But it was great. We love it. You'll love it too, Cajun Curl. Taste the spice, not the heat. I mean, it's it's the perfect flavoring for your food. If you like to cook or you like to eat, this is what you need to get. So check Absolutely. them out, CajunCurl.com. Follow them on Instagram. Find them on Facebook. It's a great company. Um, all natural ingredients. Uh, you know, can't say enough about them. We're so pleased. I, I'm just happy that I that I can use it. You know, mm-hmm. outside of the fact that we get to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, it's yeah, just great. totally. Yeah, so I like it a lot. I do too. You should I try don't. it. Go check them out. CajunCurl.com. All right. Well, as far as reviews go, this week we didn't have any new reviews. Right. Uh, fortunately for us, our international audience oh, really yes. stepped up to the plate. Yes, our international audience. So we're traveling overseas. You want to? Yeah. You want to read them, John? Yeah. I can, you want me to read all three? Yeah, I want you to read all three. All right. Where are we going first? Uh, we're first going to Australia. So. <laughs> so, Australia. This is by Tommy Knox Bill. Uh, really great production values and great chemistry and personality in the host. They go through interesting and strange news and events from around the globe, and some fun stories always come out. Highly recommended. Five stars. Oh, thank you so much, Tommy Knoxville. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Tommy Knoxville. All the way from down under. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really awesome. Uh, our next one comes from India. Do you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Love the way you guys talk. Five stars. This is from Tusharag. <laughs> Kudos on starting this podcast. I wish I had the skills of continuing to go on talk about the stuff that you guys discuss. Would be good if you chopped up the episode into smaller bits to make it easier to listen, but I guess that's the kind of audience you were going for. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Tusha Rag. Yeah, and I would just like to say, hey, if, if you need some help, you know, yeah. if you really do want to start off a podcast, email us. Yeah, send us send an email. Yeah. EarthOddity at planetmail.net. We'd be happy yeah, to. Yeah, we'd help you I out. don't know a lot, but I'll tell you what I do know. Right. I mean, and, maybe you can come on our show sometime. And I will say that if I can do it, Anybody can do it. And I, Tusha Rag, I know our story about the the shower head and the brunt <laughs> came from India. And if that was you, I have a prayer sent for you, brother. Yes. I mean, for your we speedy for recovery. Your swift recovery. Yes. We want you, you know, the Lord to have his hands on you and all the physicians that uh, work with you, man, because I know that was probably painful. <laughs> right. Uh, and so over to our next one, which comes from Hong Kong. Hong Kong, you say? Yeah, Annex 65 in Hong Kong. <laughs> Fun facts and entertaining. These hosts have great banter, and I love their accents. The pod is full of weird we facts. We love your accent, by oh, the yeah. way. Yes, most definitely. The pod is full of weird facts from farting on planes to Chinese funeral customs. I learned some new things, and the show was entertaining. Five stars. So, thanks, Annex 65. Annex. Annex 65. Annex 65. Yeah, 
I mean, it's not spelled exactly like Annex mm-hmm. is spelled, but yeah. Thank you all the way over in Hong Kong. We love Hong Kong. Yes. The number one podcast in Hong Kong from all the research I've seen. Right. So we thank you. And, you know, we appreciate all of our listeners worldwide. You know, mm-hmm. we said for, you know, back in the beginning, we told people we were worldwide. And I don't think they believed us. But now we have actual documented proof right. that we are worldwide <laughs> and people like us. So. I would like to encourage everybody, if you haven't left us a review yes. yet, please. Come That's on. like our one payment for doing this. Yeah. We've made zero dollars yes. off of this We're show. Actually, I'm, Tiny's actually, in the negative. I've actually shelled out <laughs> Tiny, on equipment and things. Yeah. He's in the negative. Not, but, I mean, we're not going to say a dollar amount in case his wife listens. but uh, <laughs> Well, she doesn't listen, but I'm still not going to tell you because I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, man, give us a review. We just All we want is to interact with y'all. We want to know your thoughts. and Reviews you know. and a bottle of Cajun Curl. It makes it all yeah, worth it right. for us. Go get a, go get a thing of Cajun Curl at CajunCurl.com and give us a review. Cook up some steaks with it. And then mail them to, to the us. Podcast. Yeah. And we will eat them. Right. Invite us over for dinner. Really. <laughs> we will come and eat with you. And you better cook a lot because we ate six courses of Cajun Curl meals <laughs> oh, the other night. Dude, that's that's got to be the best meal I've ever had. It really life. is. I've, st- I've been thinking about it ever since. <laughs> I-, I can't wait for those things to hit the internet. <laughs> yeah. So we can show them to y'all. Because if you want to see me and Tiny eat, you know. what cracked me up is you know, Squirrel when we were done. He was like, "I can't believe they ate all that." No, <laughs> they kept saying, "Y'all pace yeah. yourself." <laughs> like, we're cleaning our plate on everything. <laughs> no. like, don't underestimate that's ridiculous. Us. <laughs> oh man. Well, you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us. No matter where you get, where it's on iTunes. Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Podcast Republic. We thank you so much. If you would like to get in touch with us and maybe share some stories with us or tell us what your take on some of this craziness is, yeah. you can email the show at earthoddity at planetmail.net. Hit us up, Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> Absolutely. We're still waiting on that jet that you don't use anymore. You can send us a Facebook message. You can like us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group. Earth Oddity also, Podcast. You can tweet us. We are at underscore Earth Oddity, and we have the exact same handle on Instagram if you That's want right. to see some of the pictures that we yeah. posted up there. Make right. some comments. Yeah, come and yeah. like our pictures. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope y'all have a great week. Oh, and this is really beyond the subject. I probably should say it after so. With that Daily Christian Podcast guy that was yeah, coming. Yeah. He stopped. I don't know uh, why. Come on, Daily Christian Podcast yeah. dude. Maybe getting on to plan us a good fire. All right, up. bye. Bye, guys. Hey, the show's over. Why are you still with me?